TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 479, and I'm Libya, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. And this is Tom. I'm professor of communication and media studies at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. All right. Thanks, guys, for showing up this week. Uh, Let's talk about the news first. First up, we have that Black Lightning is getting a spinoff centered around um, Painkiller. That's his character's name, right? Yeah. Um, yes, your former student, as you have told us a million times. That's right. Uh, but, I mean, I like... You're going to the... be checking that name for a long time. <laughs> I like the actor, but I'm just not... I don't I don't know where this is going. I'm, I'm kind of out on Black Lightning, to be honest. I haven't watched all last season because the storyline just got silly to me. Did you read the premise of the backdoor pilot where he re- he relocates and basically basically he's beca- it, it's a part redemption story part lone wolf it could be good yeah. and I'll probably I check mean, out the, to be honest yeah to be honest I'll probably check out the pilot what do you say Allison I was going to say if they rework his character I I do like the actor a lot but I just don't I never warmed up to his character yeah and if they are able to do something interesting with him reboot him in some way that you know makes him better that that would be a good thing so yeah i'll tune in to to see where they're going but yeah, yeah. His, his character as his character doesn't excite me a whole lot yeah it's I can a see that. pilot on uh, black lightning salim mckeel is writing and directing all right uh next piece of news is space force has been renewed renewed for season two on netflix i'm wish you watched like i didn't hate it like you guys but i i didn't mind it so maybe the jokes in season two the <laughs> what that was funny. They could use that joke. There you go. Um, Hassan Minhaj has been added to season two of The Morning Show. Uh, Emily in Paris has been renewed for season two. Meh. I was not that excited at the end of season one, so I'm not particularly excited about season two. Um, Umbrella Academy has also been renewed for season three. And then, because there must be balance in the universe, the order has been canceled. Um, and I mean, I loved season one of the order. I did not love season two of the order. So the fact that it's canceled, I wish I cared more. I mean, I, I would like to, I, I was hoping that they would maybe try to write the ship in season three. Cause right. I'm with you. I didn't really like season two all that much, but I liked the characters. And so I was willing to, to sit through it. And now we're not going to get that chance. I'm, I'm not that. devastated. Like I was when they, you know, canceled magicians or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I kind of annoyed. Yeah. But magicians had a five year run. So yeah. They that, did, and, that was but, so, and they they had a solid ending, so I was okay with magicians. They did, which also made it good. But I don't know. That, that's one of those shows that I think could have just run for years and years, and I would have been happy to watch it. Yeah, so. I can see that. All right, and the last piece of news I have is that Arnold Schwarzenegger has signed up to do a Netflix spy series, which I, I guess, I mean, it's a big name because he's never done television. So I guess that's something. 
He's being paired with Monica Barbero, who's in Top Gun Maverick, which might be released one of these years. <laughs> Man, seeing trailers now just makes me angry. I'll just say that on the side. <laughs> Coming sometime. Yes. Yeah. I was so excited about Dune, and it's like, that's next year now. Like, oh, shoot me. All right, let's move on to the shows. Oh, I've got a bunch of news. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tom. AMC has cast a bottle of Mountain Dew for a supporting role for The Walking Dead World Beyond because nothing says zombie apocalypse like product placement. <laughs> what? I can't tell if you're pranking me right now. What's happening? No, seriously. They're they're going to put Mountain Dew in, in Walking Dead World Beyond. Does Go it on. get a guest credit or something? I like was it? like, <laughs> what? It's opening the door for product placement in the Walking Dead franchise. I guess they do need money now. All right. Seriously. Uh, Tiffany Haddish, Ben Schwartz, and Dave Franco are among the cast of the upcoming murder mystery comedy series, The After Party, from Lord and Miller. Uh, The Shrink Next Door dark comedy series has added Casey Wilson, who joins Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd, and Catherine Hahn. Disney Plus has surpassed 73 million subscribers. WandaVision has been pushed to January 15th, so 2020 will be the year without MCU anything. And the ben- mysterious... Wait, ben- quick, quick question. Do we know why it got pushed? Probably They probably wanted to wait till uh, Mandalorian was finished. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's speculation. Uh, the Mysterious Benedict Society has moved from Hulu to Disney+, Plus, which is interesting because a couple of things have moved the other direction. HBO has canceled The Outsider, which was a limited series. <laughs> They're India devastated, I say. Devastated. India Wright's Capital is shopping in a... The, the story's over. Stop, please. Um, at HBO Max, Peacemaker series has cast Danielle Brooks from Orange is the New Black, also Robert Patrick, Jennifer Holland, and Chris Conrad. And evidently there are serious discussions at Warner Media about opening WW84 in theaters for Christmas, then moving it to HBO Max for streaming in January. Because there's only so many times you can push a movie. Oh, so if they... So they're saying they're going to open it in theaters, but with our numbers skyrocketing, are there any theaters open? Are they mean overseas? No, they're talking... Well, if there are theaters still open in the U.S. at Christmas time. <laughs> this just... is such a This is such a hot mess. Uh, Sundance Now has snapped up the U.S. streaming rights for the Australian thriller series The Commons. Viacom CBS British uh, outlet Channel 5 has cast Mark Stanley to play Henry VIII opposite Jodie Turner-Smith in an Anne Boleyn miniseries, which is kind of interesting because Jodie Turner-Smith is is African Britain. I don't know what that means. Anne Boleyn was the second wife of Henry VIII. Thank you. That was what I was not understanding the reference. All right. I don't know history. Continue. I was going to say. Yes, but uh, Henry, in real life, she wasn't black, but they're, they're being lauded for their innovative take. And finally, Electronic Arts is going to produce television shows to broaden the video game market. And their first test was a Sims series, which wasn't just about e-gaming, but more like a, a reality type show and and was very uh, female skewing. So we live in such a strange age. Well, I will tell you this. I am currently playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and it's making me want to watch Vikings because they keep referring to 
Ragnar uh, Lothbrook. Ragnar Lothbrook. Yeah, they talk about him all the time in the video game. And I'm like, well, now I got to watch the freaking TV series. Because it's a good series, though. It's a great series. It, I'm just saying that is good product placement, television kind of synergy. Because I'm I'm currently invading England in my video game. It is awesome. <laughs> if you're not playing this game, you should be playing it. I'm having a ball. Okay, down with the Saxons. All right. Well, let's talk about TV. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about Fear of the Walking Dead. Um, and this episode was... I don't even know how to feel about it because I feel like if this is where they were going, why did we bother, bother to bring back Sherry at all? Um, because, I, as I said last week, I'm not a big Sherry and Dwight shipper, but I, I felt a little warm, you know, when they finally met back up and reunited. I was like, oh, that's sweet. But then this week's episode, we had to sit through uh, 45, 50 minutes of them fighting and Dwight turning back into the person we hated back on The Walking Dead. And just, it was almost like torture. Like, why? Why are we doing this? The only good things that happened in the episode was there was there was a decent amount of um, Morgan and being awesome. And who else was in it? Oh, uh, Al, Althea was in it too. So like, they were fine, but the whole Sherry Dwight thing, shoot me now. Like her reasoning for why she was so loyal to this group that she'd only known for a couple of months over her husband made no sense to me. So whatever. I was, I was just over it. What did you think, Allison? Um, I felt the same way and it, it just, it, it annoyed me because, you know, we've been spending all this time building up to, to having them reunite. Right. So you'd figure, okay, great. Now that they've reunited, you know, she's going to be part of the group and it's going to be integral to the storyline and all of this. And instead she's hanging out with these weirdos with masks and, and none of what they do makes a whole lot of sense nope. unless they have a suicide pact. Because, you know, clearly they're going to get themselves killed, you know, trying to do what they're doing. And they, their plan is garbage. And well, and the other thing is they could have at least said she'd been with them for years. They were like, she met up with them like two months ago and she has sworn her allegiance to them and cannot leave them no matter what. Yeah, which just it made it all the, the more horrible. Bizarre. Made it all, just, everything about it was, was badly done. And so it's it's like you it made you feel like well we built it all up just so we could have their relationship turn to crap in the space of an episode and have her dance off again, and it's just uh, it was it was it was long and tedious, and I think the only reason for it really was just so once again we could connect the pieces and have Morgan you know meet up with them. And and gradually build the group back together, but there's there's so many better ways they could have done it. Yeah, I mean I, Morgan, I and not... also the fact that they they basically said that when Dwight is with Sherry, he's the worst version of himself. So it made me go, well, they obviously don't need to be together, you know, <laughs> because he started reverting back to that jerk back in on uh, the regular Walking Dead. Like, I was like, man, I don't like Dwight all of a sudden very quickly, you know? 
So, and that's pretty much why she said she was leaving him. She's like, I don't want you to be the person you were. And I was like, uh, you could help him with that. Okay, and just, ah, so bad. Anyway, I have nothing else to say about this particular episode. It was, it's in my tank, uh, thumbs down tank of episodes so far. I've generally loved every episode they've had this season. This is the first one that I really have not liked. Yeah, well, I think that this was mainly just uh, sort of like a, a workman-like thing where they wanted to just get them together with Morgan, get get also Althea's uh, uh, van back. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Gonna, I'm glad they got the SWAT, the SWAT truck back, yeah. That yeah, that's that's important. I think that's, that's you know, a key bit. But it's like, okay, now that we've done that, what do we do with the story? And they came up with nothing particularly good. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping next week is, is going to, or tonight, really, rather, uh, is going to turn out to be a much better version than what we saw. All right, well, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, the good Lord bird. And I think this is the penultimate, right? Yep. Uh, it felt like it. If it's not, I'm confused. Uh, and it was not a particularly good penultimate episode. Like, I mean, we all knew he was coming towards defeat, like, cause you know, history. So that's not a surprise. What their job was as writers is to make that journey interesting. And what they did was basically highlight every mistake he made, which we kind of already knew. And then to watch it happen in live action was not moving. I don't. Were you moved? Um, I was. Um, I, I. I mean, the thing is, yes, you can't really rewrite what happens to them. I kind of agree with you that maybe they could have made it more like. Well, if something had zigged rather than zagged, and then they just they just missed their their opportunity to have done this. But they did everything wrong. Literally everything wrong. I mean, it's it's like watching dominoes just fall. It's it's completely predictable um, because there's not a single right decision that they made. Well, it was more like it was a series of errors where they could have escaped, and every opportunity where they could have escaped. They're like, no, we're just not going to. Like, <laughs> I mean, just the fact that they stayed there overnight. It's like, why are you not just grabbing the guns and, and leaving? leaving instead of and, and or or you know, the two guys came to the door. Why don't you just pull them in and tie them up or kill them or something? And they instead, just, you know, announce that uh, he's going yes. around and he's going to be taking over. So of course they're going to go and get the authorities. It's it's like everything stupid. So, but at this at the same time. I accepted it as a, a basic flaw of the character. John Brown is immovable in everything he does because he is fanatically religious, believes that God is speaking to him, through him, and that he literally cannot fail, no matter what bad decision he makes, because God is going to protect him. I mean, we were talking about how last week there, the, the reason that Frederick Douglass didn't want to be part of this was because he said, your entire plan is you're going to rely on God. Um, and that doesn't really work that way. So I think a lot of this failure that we watched is, is kind of this tragic flaw in character. There's no reason for all of this to have gone so badly. Yeah. Except that, that John Brown was absolutely committed and he had a lot of his followers, certainly his sons. Well, all but one of his sons, um, who just seriously betrayed him and didn't do what he was supposed to do. 
just sat in the house and was like, I promise I'll bury them on the hill. Like, really? Okay. Yeah, well, he was paralyzed with, with fear because he knew this was going to fail and he didn't want to be one of the dead. But, you know, I mean, he, he should have done something, but he, he didn't because he was, and he, and he was, he was humiliated by that. I mean, clearly he felt deep shame because of that. Yeah. But um, at, at the same time, you know, it's, it's just another one of those things that could have been the only the only thing that's interesting i guess that there's left to do in the last episode is how is onion going to escape that's really all that's left like how does onion manage not to get killed because onion is a fictional character um so in theory onion can survive and obviously based on the first episode it's like a flat this is all a flashback and so it's onion's story so onion does survive so that's that's it. That's all the mystery is, is how does Onion manage not to get killed? And I don't feel like that's really interesting. Like, they have not grabbed me. I'm I'm not in... I can't recommend this show to anybody. Other than Ethan really? Hawke is... I think Ethan Hawke is doing a fantastic job with his performance. I think this is some of the best acting he's ever done. Oh, clearly, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I feel... I feel um, more. there's more to it than that. For, for me... I, I agree with the fact that they're making stupid decisions, but I think part of, that is part of the tragedy of the story is, you know, it didn't need to go that badly. And it was a combination of self-delusion, hubris, um, you know, good intentions with, with bad follow-through. And, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's a tragedy for a reason. So I'm in interested in seeing the last episode i i want to see not only how onion survives but how he deals with with the aftermath what happens to all the other characters especially john brown who he looks at as a father uh you know that that is all interesting to me so i for me this series has been well worth watching it's uneven definitely but i think the good outweighs the bad i mean Uh we'll know after tonight, if it sticks any kind of a landing. But <laughs> so far, so far, I would say the good outweighs the bad. I'm not sold. All right, I'm probably going to finish it. There's only one episode, so I'll probably finish it. But Anyway, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery. And this episode was supposed to be the big reunification of Discovery back into the Federation, back into Starfleet. Yay! And of course, everything does not go like as great and as grand as they all assume. Like as soon as they like, they're going to beam us over. We're going to get debriefed. It's going to be awesome. And I was like, this is not going to go well. And <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so it goes about as well as I expected, which was like, we don't trust you. They're like, time travels a war crime. I was like, oh yeah, that totally did happen in Voyager. Um, that they made that was that what who had the time war? Somebody had a time war. Enterprise, Enterprise, whatever. Oh, I, I stopped watching Enterprise. Really so early I just, on. but that was actually before Discovery. So that's confusing. But anyway, um, so they're like, you're technically criminals and blah 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 blah, and we don't trust you. Which I get why they wouldn't trust them. Like I don't know why they assumed that they would be trusted. Um, and so his idea was just to split up the crew, which I could see why he would want to do that as well. Um, 
But I have to say that Michael's plan was just like, let's just steal the ship and do the mission and prove it. And I was like, see, this is how you ended up in jail last time, Michael. Like, I was like, no, don't listen to her. I love that Saru calls her on it, though. Because it's like, did you not learn your lesson? (laughs) I know. It's like, this is how you ended up in jail last time, Michael. Um, As soon as she came up with that plan. Your learning curve is a straight line. (laughs) So I'm very glad they did not do... They did it, but, like, with authorization. Like, so she did her plan, but she actually asked for permission and broke it down and then pitched it. And I was like, okay, now it's okay. Um, They tried to make me get upset with whatever character was the character that gets left behind that I don't even know her name. Commander Nan. Thank you. I was like, I kind of know that character. I know, I know she's been around on the ship for a little while, but even not even that long, not as much as the rest of the crew. And I just, I couldn't bring up enough emotion to care that she stayed behind. I was like, is that good, bad? Like, I think she's going home, so that's happy? Like, I don't know. Even that made no sense, though. I mean, first of all, she, she was nothing to me because I guess she was brought in in second season, which is a mystery to me still. Um, but <laughs> it's it's... The fact that she said she's, you know, I get to go home again. It's like you get to go home 900 years after you left. I mean, it's it's imagine, you know, someone from 900 years ago coming back, you know, to to Earth now. And you you really think they'd feel a sense of coming home again? It would no. be it's just absolutely landing on an alien planet. Yeah. And and so she's not going to see anything that that would be familiar. Well, only her. thing so I give I only thing I give her credit for is one she can breathe her own atmosphere instead of having to breathe use the well, breather. Yes, yeah. and also uh she hasn't heard her own language in forever. So I give her that as well. So I was like, okay, those two things I can see, but Although I just with the universal translator does it matter? Well, I mean, to her, it did. I get it. I think that didn't bother me. I'm like, okay, I'll give you that. But I I didn't get the emotion that they were trying to pull for that scene. Did you think they were trying to pull emotion there? I feel like a little bit. But I did like the the father and his kids and his wife. Like, that worked. That, for me, that was the emotional core. That the dude would rather be trapped in this weird phasing thing rather than accept the reality that his family's dead. Yep. Like, that uh, worked was, for me. Like, that that, that storyline was good. It was heartbreaking. It was sad. And then he was like, you know what? I'm going to die of radiation poisoning in a couple of days, and that's fine. Um, I, all of that was good. Like, I thought that worked. Uh, and I liked Michael having to talk to them about it. All of that, yeah, all the rest of the story... I think was it was a good episode. I'd say I all love, the rest of it was I, good. I love Jet Reno. I think they need, they need to put her in more episodes because her chemistry, the three of them together. Oh, the oh, engineers. Yeah, the engineers. Yes. You can I just, love their you banter. Can just spin that's off so with them, just the wacky sitcom. Because <laughs> <laughs> why am I blanking on the uh, the actor's name? Um, I don't know their name either. Tignataro. Tignataro. She's just. The, the chemistry between her and um, Stamets, why am I blanking on his name? And, um, and, and Tilly. Uh, and Tilly is just, there. <laughs> it's just hysterical. Yes, I could watch, you're right, I could watch that sitcom. They're, they're fun. And so this was a really, this was a really good episode, especially by the end when you feel like they're actually part of the, 
part of Starfleet again. And then I was like, are they going to get new uniforms? Why are they still using their old uniforms? Because if you're... Probably because they're nicer than the ones they put. (laughs) (laughs) These are sharp. We got little gold epaulets. (laughs) That's true. But I'm just like, if you're officially joining Starfleet, I feel like you should have the uniform that everybody else is wearing. Just just saying. Historical purposes. Star Trek has had more costume has had more uniforms in a little over 50 years than the U.S. Navy has in 200 plus. That's true. <laughs> I'm not arguing that point, but I'm just saying if someone joins the Navy from now, they put on a now Navy uniform. This is correct. So, um, Even though Yusin's not with, with us, I, I must point out that Oded Fair is the admiral and he has turned into a silver fox. <laughs> he has. She. Oh, you're just because she did totally text us that. Yes. She would totally be into that. <laughs> That's true. She texted me about it, so yes, she would. Uh, I'm glad that I'm glad they didn't make him a bad guy. They just made him cautious because yeah. you know we have a reason to not trust and whatever this green. Oh, what the heck is going on with uh, Giorgio? We got to talk about that real quick. Yeah, what is going on with Giorgio? I feel like she actually got reprogrammed during that that interrogation where she thought she had the upper hand. I think she lost the upper hand someplace in that interrogation, and they've done some sort of mind something to her. I thought it was interesting that they knew all about the Terrans. Yeah, that was cool. They basically yeah. know, know how to deal with them. Yeah. So. Can I say the casting was amazing? I was looking at this scene and going, that guy, he looks you know like David Cronenberg. It's David Cronenberg. Yeah, I am David <laughs> He's this actor who looks like and sounds like and acts like David Cronenberg. And then the, I stayed through the credits and I went, it's David Cronenberg. Oh my God. Um, so of course he got the upper hand because please, David Cronenberg. I mean, come on. So that was, that was really cool. So now we got to figure out what's going on with her. So I'm interested. Like this well, season so far. Blinking. That was, that yeah, was the blinking. Good. I was like, what's happening with the blinking? But I have to say this season so far has not had any stinkers. Like this has been, very good so far. Like, knock on some wood. All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Barbarians on Netflix, episodes three and four. And this is when the show really... It only has six episodes, so we're nicely in the middle right now. And what I really like is, uh, at the end of last... The first two episodes, it was all about the Barbarians, Germans, really, um, trying to show their defiance to the Roman Empire by stealing the eagle and all of that. And it ends with it everything going badly. Like, you know, they thought that they had a victory, but they didn't. And so this episode, the... the what's her name's father basically narks on them. And so a whole regiment... Yeah. yeah. He, he, so a whole regiment comes to their town and takes four, four, four wins, whatever his name is, that uh, takes his whole family and crucifies them and says that if anybody you know, tries to bury the bodies that they're all going to be killed. Like, it's horrifying what they did over a gold eagle. Like, really, guys? Okay. Uh, but I know well, that's because how... that's the symbol, symbol of, of Rome. Authority. Yeah, that's, I know. Yeah. That's the Roman thing. I get it. But it's just... It was... Even the kid. Like, there was a 10-year-old kid that got... Like, it was crazy. And I felt so bad for that dude when he came back home. And saw them and realized it was his fault. Well, it was actually Tholmel. Thol- How do you say her name? Tholmelda. Thol- 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 say it again. Tholmelda. Tholmelda. I'm never going to get that right. 
Uh, it was this actually exactly roll off the tongue. No, it, it was it was her idea, and the fact that he went along because he liked her. He's sleeping with her, and then his entire family gets killed, and her family gets protected because it's her father that narked them out. Just oh, that was just heartbreaking. Um, but the real big deal is that Ari, who is the head of well, not the head, but one of the main military guys of the Romans, who's actually the the plot twist we find out is really German, and was given up as a hostage or whatever. Uh, the big story is that when his job is they're like well once you capture uh this falkland guy then you can go back to rome and he does all of this ends up not killing his friend kills his entire unit instead and then they tell him oh well we lied you're not going back to rome you're actually going to rule germ uh germany this germany right for us in rome's name because we just basically wrote raised you to be one of our minions, you know, and have loyalty to us. And it really just flipped his worldview. Like, he really believed that he was this guy's son, and to find out that, no, we just brainwashed you. Like, mm. oh, it just, it was devastating. Like, that acting, that scene was amazing. That was some really good acting. I'm going to stop talking. Allison, you go. Go ahead. No, I really like that, too, because it was clear. I mean, not only did he think of himself as like the adopted son of Varus, but he thought of himself as Roman. He did not think of himself as a German tribesman any anymore. He did not have that sense of being part of that world. And and then suddenly this is all ripped away by the very man who he considers to be a father. And so, I mean, I, I think that there were there were still undercurrents of loyalty to his own people, which is why he he ends up killing his his unit rather than killing his old childhood friends. Right. And uh, you know, he ends up bringing just some random guy's head back because who the hell can tell the difference between one or another? Right. Um, so he's you know he he gets through that way, but I think when he really realizes that he is he is never going to be truly accepted that he's never going to be considered genuinely Roman and so that he's not really going to be thought of as a, a genuine son by Varus and even then I think that Varus's feelings are a little more complicated than that but still um, it's it's at that point that a switch just flips in his head and he suddenly realizes he's he's on his own he doesn't have Rome to to uh, go back to and he starts switching loyalties. And I, I think that that's interesting. And his, the plan that he comes up with to do that. Um, I mean, and again, because I've seen the, the whole thing. So I'm hoping that I'm not skipping. Well, ahead. hold I on. See. I'll tell you, uh, let's let me switch off and say, so that okay. we won't, so we won't get spoiled. So at the very, at once he switched, he basically takes over the Reich and tells everybody that he's taken over and he wants to fight Rome. But, he said the only way we're going to do it is if we're unified. So he goes and meets with his friends out in the woods and he's like, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to reunite all the other Reichs. And the only way to do that, they're not going to follow me because I was raised in Rome. So they're not going to believe, they're not going to believe in me as a, as a strong leader. So he's like, unless I marry the Melga, who's Gelda. Who's Melda. <laughs> 
He was like, um, less- I should say though, because because um, yeah, now now that I know, I'm not giving a spoiler. One of the the things that he is told to do as as the new Reich is to get more hostages to go to each of the tribes' uh, chieftains. No, that hasn't happened get- yet. That hasn't no, happened because yet. That's how he that's how he brings the tribal leaders. Together. No, but I'm saying that hasn't happened yet. At the very end of the episode, he pitches the idea: Hey, let's get married. That's it, and then it goes to no, black. Yeah, but, but prior to that, no, it didn't. It didn't. Trust me. That what you're talking about is not familiar. I don't know what you're talking about. So okay. that hasn't happened yet. All um, right. So that's why we're here. Okay, Checks can, and balances. Can, Checks and balances. Can, <laughs> you can edit that part out. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm really enjoying this series. I think it's fantastic. Um, yes, it's in German, but the Germans have been coming up with some really good shows so far. I'm really oh, like, yeah. I, what, Dark was great, uh, Biohacker was good, I watched uh, Criminal Germany, and uh, then I'm watching this. So, so far, four for four. I haven't seen a bad German show yet. I'm impressed. They do some good stuff. I still need to see Babylon Berlin. Oh, that's is, right. I haven't seen that. They've gotten huge reviews, great reviews. Um, well, but they a, turn out some quality stuff. They yeah. really do. I, I, by the time I'm done with this, I'll be speaking German. All right. Next up, <laughs> let's talk uh, Young Sheldon. And what the heck happened this week? This Oh, he becomes a train docent. Train docent. Summer yes. job. And, and Missy. Oh, and Missy <laughs> becomes a young lady. <laughs> she becomes a young lady. And the dad is not prepared. <laughs> That was well, pretty it, funny. It is en route to her pitching for Little League. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. And I like how the dad just like shows up at the counter and he I thought what he was get what I thought he was going to do was have like all these items and just have like the sedentary napkins like mixed in with a bunch of different items. But no, he bought every single possible sanitary something. Well, he's going to until yeah. the clerk said, do you need some help? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't call his wife. I'm surprised he's just like, look, I'm going to need this some is, relief. Remember, this is set in 90. I know, but there was a phone at the drugstore. He could have called her. <laughs> I'm just surprised he didn't try that route. But I give him credit. He was trying to be a good dad. Um, and he was trying to say the right things, even when he wasn't saying the right things. Uh, so it was, it played for some really good comedy. Uh, and then I think actually I like that storyline a little better than the whole train docent thing because well, the thing is that was so predictable. Yes. I mean, he's basic. He's Sheldon. Of course he's, he's going to ruin, ruin the job. I loved I loved the plot with mom and the and the brothers. Oh yeah, they're watching uh, the, the the saucy action movies. Which Roadhouse, Patrick Swayze movie. Yeah, I know, but it was but they are just like I got to show you Die Hard. He gets stabbed in the neck. Like it was just like the fact that she thought because she was a good Christian, she wasn't allowed to see these movies, so she was sneaking them. But but I just love at the end the button to that whole subplot was when the dad says, you know, jo- Patrick Swayze looks like Georgie, and she realizes, no! <laughs> <laughs> it's just the hair. That's really yeah. what it is. It's really just it the hair. hair. <laughs> but, yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, she's like, oh, my God, I have... That's not an Oedipal complex. That's a reverse. I don't know what that is. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was all pretty good. So I, I thought this was a good episode, but you're right. 
or I'm right, or whatever. The the, the actual Sheldon storyline was probably the weakest. Well, the, the the strength of that show is they've got a strong ensemble cast. Yes. And another benefit is that town feels like a real town, kind of like Sunnydale and Buffy. And yeah. that was why Smallville never quite worked, because they would introduce a new character who would just happen to be the freak of the week. But you have characters on Young Sheldon, you see it again and again. Yeah, that's those, true. They have, they have very specific jobs, right? Yes. All right, let's move on. Thumbs up for Young Sheldon. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Blacklist. This was the season eight premiere, but it's really the last three. It was, it's the last three episodes of last season is really what it is, which is why it has such an abrupt start. Uh, you had to have watched last season to have any clue what's happening now. It's not a ramp up, a premiere. It's just a continuation of the last episodes building up to like a finale, which is going to be episode three, which is going to be weird. But I want to see if they're really going to... The thing I get so frustrated by is that as much as... What is her name? Not Catherine. Catherine, What is her name? Um, The daughter. Lizzie. Elizabeth. Thank you. So what what bothers me is that she was genuinely naive at the beginning of the show. She spent all this time with Red where she became not naive at all. And learned a lot. Yet, this spy woman keeps changing her story that she's telling Elizabeth. And is obviously lying about everything. And Liz- Elizabeth basically throws away her entire career to help her because she's her mom. And I'm like, are you kidding me? First of all, I'm 95% certain that that woman is not her mother. Um, yeah. So... I don't understand how she's not certain. Like, it's ridiculous. And to be fair, Red is lying to her. Red continues to lie to her. Red needs to stop lying to her. Um, And his thing is, I don't lie. I just don't tell you stuff. And I'm like, oh my god. So he needs to (laughs) get on. lying by omission. Right. And it's just, it's terrible. Like, none of this would happen if Red would just tell her what's going on. And he's like, it's my business. And I was like... But when this woman showed up and Elizabeth believed that this woman was her mother and Red knows that that woman is not her mother, he should have just told her, like, look, this woman's not your mom. You know, um, even if but he didn't. Know, this... Go ahead. Sorry. No, go now, ahead. This, this is the kind of thing, though, that has, has always dra- driven me crazy about the show because, you know, Elizabeth is an idiot. Yes. And and she is she never stops being an idiot and the only way that they try to make her look smarter is not by actually writing her to be smarter but to make all the other characters even dumber than she is. And so we've got the FBI who at this point should have she should be on the most wanted list. She should be a criminal. She actually used the FBI to kidnap somebody um a, a witness who they had under protection and and you know they're they're acting like well let's just not tell anybody because she's our friend and i we'll know it's try, ridiculous we'll try to make it all better it is no, so ridiculous it is so ridiculous it is absolutely I, I, it, ridiculous it makes me tear my hair out i just i i just can't i just stand. want to get to the part which they claim is happening in the in theory season finale which will be in two more episodes 
where they they said they're actually going to tell us what's going on. I want to see oh, if they... Oh, but they do that all the time. I and know! Then it turns out I know! That's how they keep getting me! I am aware of the trick! I'm I just... in it for James Spader. That's basically it. I, I continue to love him and his and his performance of Red. Red, the character, is is you know incredibly amusing. I really love Dembe, too, to be honest. And Dembe I like also, but, you know, I mean, the, the, if all the rest of the show... Just makes me absolutely crazy. And the last thing that they did, you know, with with Brian Dennehy's character, just just made me actually angry. It's, it, I mean, he's he they they the man just died recently, and instead of honoring that, and you know, saying in memory of and and just quietly killing his character off off screen or doing something they haven't played by another actor and that is so tacky he it was also confusing to be honest i was i was literally confused what was happening and i was like Wait, I, I what? knew he was supposed to be and i was just angry about it I, I thought no he's not he's not some rando anybody actor who came in who you had to recast he's he's brian dennehy he's the powerhouse actor and the guy that they have replaced him was not he had nothing he had i was like wow is he an actor like did he they just like pick this dude off the street yeah Uh, he's not good it was embarrassing and it was it was tasteless it really was they should have just honored the character and had him die off screen and i know why they didn't because he has information that they need him to give which i get but yeah, the connection but you know, they do it by saying he had a recording somewhere. That something, yeah, and and the and the the problem is the connection she that Elizabeth had with him as her grandfather was good, and it's just not there with this rando new guy, whoever he is. So whatever. Anyway, let's move on because that's just frustrating. Well, the show is frustrating. I just can't watch. I can't stop watching. Speaking of which, let's move on to Supernatural, which is another show that. Is it's it's so close to the end that I can't justify it just not watching the end. Um, and I wanted to talk about it last week, but I actually didn't watch it in time for the podcast, which was the big send off for Castiel. Uh, I was moved by that. Like they they had a the goodbye was pretty good. Like I was tearing up. I was tearing up. I was like, okay, you guys got me. I mean, to be fair, Castiel has died on this show. <laughs> Four or five times, maybe? He's actually exploded before. Yes, um, he has. So he's died a lot, but since this is the last season, I'm going to say this one's going to stick. Um, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but it was moving. Um, Castiel and Dean together, they get me. Like, I like them together more than Sam and Dean, to be honest. So that, that goodbye scene was pretty good. I I got a little misty, and they kind of went there a little bit because Castiel was like, "I love you, and I know I'll never get what I want." And I was like, "Is he talking about what I think he's talking about?" <laughs> so I know that that's like the big fan thing, and everybody's really excited about it. But honestly, I didn't I didn't see it that way. To to me, it was just you know, I love you and Sam and Jack. And yeah, but he I said I can never I would agree with you if he just said I love you, but he was like I know I can never have what I want. And she's he's like looking deeply into Dean's eyes when he says it, <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, what? What are we talking about?" Cuz otherwise, you have no explanation of what he's talking about, you know? So 
Whatever, how, and they left it to be like, you can interpret that however you want. They left it out there, and but that was, have. that was pretty, that was pretty explicit, but whatever. I'm fine. And, yeah. uh, it was still, it was still teary. I still, I still choked up a little bit. And then the episode that came this week, it was the end of the show, right? Like they defeated <laughs> the bad guy. They it got, sure looked like it. Yeah. I felt, it felt very indie. It felt like the end. They they won. Yay! Go team. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? No. I was. I, I I looked at it and I went. Wait a minute. I actually double checked my DVR to see if because it's like. Wait a minute. Isn't there supposed to be like a two hour thing next week? Nah. But they just ended the show right now. They wrapped <laughs> it up with. With, with nice so many bow. bows, there yeah. you know, there's you can't possibly unknot it. Um, I, I just it made it made no sense to me whatsoever. I mean, as far as sticking the landing, if you want to look at this as the ending, um, it it was it was pretty good. I mean, it could have been more exciting, I suppose. Well, I mean, um, the whole defeating of Chuck was very anticlimactic, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's just the two of them standing next to a lake, and it's. You know, and getting beating up, beaten up on, and then then that's kind of it. But it's so yeah, they could have done more with that. But as far as having having then um, Jack become the new god essentially and set everything right, and all of that worked. You know, that that part that part was very nice, and you know, putting himself in the position of being a just and distant deity you know everybody yeah. gets to actually actually have that free choice that they've been talking about um which i thought was was a nice thing to do you know he's not demanding worship or anything he just he's just gonna watch everything and make sure it all works right and so i thought i thought that was all all very nicely done but at the same time we've got two more hours and i know part of that is going to be interview and clip show but then there's another hour in there that I am completely mystified what they have in mind to do. We have to find out how the boys get their happily ever after, I suppose. Um, but We have to bring Castiel back, I guess. <laughs> so I don't... Yeah. Yeah, I have no clue. Uh, yeah. But at this point, I guess I'm in for the ride is pretty much my, my comment. Yeah, no point in bailing now. Right. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Crown, which I did not see. I have not seen a single episode of The Crown. Oh, so, really? Yeah. I've, it never it's... interested me. I have to say, though, now I'm interested because I want to see uh, Margaret Thatcher versus the Queen. Versus, like, I totally want to see that. You want to see Scully as Margaret Thatcher. That's what it well, is. Well, no, I I really am interested in Margaret Thatcher, to be honest. I really do. But also having that actress does help. But I saw the trailer and I was like, whoa. And this is the first time I saw a trailer for The Crown that I was like, oh, I could totally watch this. Though I have to say the Princess Diana stuff is not as interesting to me. So I was like, ugh. Like, I don't care about that at all. And if I watched, I would be like, I'd be fast forwarding through those bits. I would only be watching the Queen versus Margaret Thatcher bits and and, uh, PM, you know, like all of that stuff. Well, I wouldn't go so far to say that if you haven't actually watched it yet, because they do a a good job of making all of it very interesting. I mean, I, you know, thought I was completely over. I was never all that into the whole Diana stuff, that story. 
And God knows I'm familiar with it just by osmosis because you couldn't escape from it. It was everywhere. But uh, at the same time, I still find myself invested in these characters. And the actors are doing a phenomenal job. And the the script is written incredibly intelligently. So you're you're not... You're not finding yourself just feeling like, oh, well, I'm watching all the news reports that, that I saw before. It, there's a different take on it. And, and I, I feel like I'm getting a more human story. But the, I have to, you know, if you go through all the crown, the, the, all, I think the, the entire series has been really strong, really, really terrific. But we're really getting to the juicy stuff now. I mean, this, <laughs> this season mm. is, is going to be interesting in all the Chinese curse reasons. Um, and, and I, I would just, so far I've seen the first two episodes and I've got to say that, uh, uh, oh my God, um, uh, Jillian does, uh, a, a fantastic job as Margaret Thatcher. When, when they said she was going to play her, I thought, I just don't see that, but they, they do a good job with the makeup and that helmet hair and everything else. And mainly her performance is so dead on. She has her voice and her her inflections and her, her mannerisms. And, you know, I, I, I appreciate that they're treating her more as a human being than certainly I looked at her as during the, that period of time, because I just saw her as a monstrous woman. And they do, they do show you that, but they also give, give a more humanized reason of, why she is the way she is and where she comes from. And if you find yourself sympathizing with her in the weirdest ways. Um, so it's like, yeah, I kind of believe about that. Ooh, yeah, but, I'm, but, but it's Margaret Thatcher. Um, <laughs> so I want to slap myself from that, but, oh. but still it's, it's really incredibly well done. Um, and the performances are great. And the interactions between her and the queen are priceless. That's they what actually, I want to see. Yeah, it really is great. The thing is, they start out actually like seeming to get along, and the queen thinking, "Oh, this is going to be somebody I can really have a good relationship with," and all of that. And and then you watch it deteriorate little bit by little bit, and and the two of them are just brilliant acting opposite each other and playing off one another. And uh, and all of that is great. And even like I said, the Diana stuff and, and the Camilla Parker Bowles fiasco and yeah. all all of that thing is is played in in a much more human way. You're not you don't feel like you're just cycling through tabloids. Um, they feel like people, and you can see how things happened and how bad decisions were made, but not necessarily maliciously. At least not by the main parties involved. It just turned very bad. Um, so I, I think so far this is this is the most interesting and and you know train wrecky season that they've, they've done so far. So so my question: uh, Can I just start this season? Do I have to go back and watch the other seasons? Well, you don't have to know because they're all kind of contained. I would recommend it simply because it's just a great series. But if the only interest that you have is this particular period of time, um, then yeah, you could, you know, you can definitely get into it. Because um, they changed you know, all the actors, right? They yeah, changed they... the actors after every every after two seasons. Two seasons. And okay. uh, just to reflect how how they're you know in in certain age groups. So after this season, I think they're going to be 
changing up again for the for the final two. For the final two. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I, I see. You, you know, in, you've got you've got um, a consistency of characterization, even if you don't have a consistency of actors playing the character. Uh, I would say definitely watch the previously on though if you're really <laughs> going to come in for this, or you may be a bit lost with certain relationships, um, unless you're just a, a, an encyclopedia of information where the royal family is concerned. All right, but well, yes, I highly recommend this. I think it's interesting that two of the signature prime ministers are played by Americans, which is a, yes. an interesting change because John Lithgow played Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill, yeah. Seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, I guess that's a thumbs up for you. All right, next oh, up, yeah. we're going to talk about The Mandalorian. And this is a strange one where I feel like, talking about previously on, you had to, well, you didn't have to, but to fully appreciate this episode, you needed to have watched Rebels, and even, and then once Seven. we get to some of the other one, you you need some of the uh, Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Yeah. So, which I've been watching, so this made it super awesome. I I was really happy with the casting. Um, oh my god, I just forgot her character's Bo-Katan. name. Bo Katan. Yeah, um, that was yes. really good casting. That felt like I was like, oh, she looks like her. Like that's that's pretty cool. Um, and I, well, I Katie, Katie Sackhoff didn't she do the uh, voice? Is yep. That, oh, she said? did. She did yeah. the voice. And oh, she I didn't know that. Acting. I didn't. I didn't oh, yeah. realize that. Oh, yeah. that's why that worked so well. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was really happy with that, and uh, I really like that moment where because we just had the Western episode where uh, the guy had the Mandalorian suit, takes off his mask, and you know he's not a Mandalorian. And then you have this episode where you got three guys pretending to be Mandalorian. They all take off their helmets. And he and I was like, wait, are they not Mandalorians? And they're like, oh, no, we're Mandalorians. You got raised by those weirdos that don't take their helmets <laughs> off. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, yeah, that is right. That is absolutely right. I love that. I love that. For, uh, Pedro Pascal to remove his helmet a little bit more often. Well, if that's if they can convince him. I doubt, I doubt yeah. they'll do it. A they're not going to do it this season. They have to convince him that the whole helmet thing is not actually a real Mandalorian thing. Yeah. You were raised by a cult. Yes. <laughs> you need to be deprogrammed, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, that, and I love that. The thing is, I, I have not seen the Clone Wars or Rebels or any of that. So Rebels, I you really, I would really highly recommend Rebels just because it's one long serialized story and it's uh, good. It's like consists and it's consistently good. Clone Wars is very episodic and you have to find the right episodes that are good. Mm-hmm. And so that's a little See, more huntery, but if you just watch Rebels, you'll be fine. You can just watch I Rebels. I mean the, the only thing that I knew of them um because you know they've been talking before about other characters uh including uh Ahsoka who's going to be introduced. Oh, I cannot wait. And and so because of that, and, and I think it was also the, the whole thing about the Darksaber, so I went back and I looked for information about it. And that's the only reason I even know these references, because I really didn't see it. So I was a little bit lost, like, you know, about who this was. And I didn't know the whole thing about them him belonging to a splinter group. And when they revealed that and said, yeah, you know, no, we're, we're the, the regular Mandalorians and, and you're the crazy fanatics. 
um i just i just burst out laughing because i that was such a cool twist (laughs) our mandalorian is is actually a member of a splinter cult Right. And, and she's royalty. actually she's actually royalty. Like she's, she's like royalty. the head she's yeah, the head she's of Mandalore. Yeah. yeah. So So, so she really, knows really what she's talking about. Yeah. And I loved his reaction too, because I mean he is he was raised by this group and I'm, I'm from his perspective that's all he knows about what a Mandalorian is supposed to be. So he's he's like, you know, any any member of a fundamentalist sect, he's horrified when they take <laughs> their their uh helmets off and and they start you know talking about things that just run completely counter to what he considers to be the way right. and they're willing to be more accepting of of him because you know they're they're just they're, they're like kind of the 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 um non-orthodox group so they're right. like more casual about it but his his horror was something that was just rang very true but what i did like is parents. they fought just as well as him you oh, know, yeah. it, oh, yeah. it wasn't like, well, the fundamentalists are better. You know, they fought just as well. And what I also not, I like what they did, which was a nice touch, is the three of them fought together as like a unit. They moved yep. smoothly. And he was like the odd man out where he was just kind of following them. And he didn't he didn't fit quite in their group. And I like that that choreography and that they noticed that and that that was employed. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, all of that was just incredibly well done. Yeah, so this was this has been my favorite episode so far this season. I'm and sure the Ahsoka son. Go ahead. Why don't eat eggs? Say again. And baby Yoda realized why you don't eat eggs. <laughs> right. I was, got... I was I had my heart in my mouth for a while just 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 waiting for him to lap up that little tadpole creature. I really I was I was a little scared there for a while, so I was happy they didn't do that. Yes, he he bonded with the baby frog. He yeah. was like, "Oh, my new pet!" <laughs> All right, so let's move Prince, on. Not food. Yes, exactly. So thumbs up. I really like this episode, and I cannot wait for the Ahsoka episode because he's like, "I'm going there now." I was like, "Yay!" All right, next up, we're going to talk about Queen's Gambit, and this is the season finale, uh, episode uh, seven finale. Please, is it? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Series finale, excuse me, sir. Um, so this episode was one of the strongest, but also strangely, the relatively most predictable. Like, you kind of knew she was going to win in the end. It's a sports movie after all. It is. It is. It is. Ted Lasso surprised us. But uh, this one, I pretty much knew it was going to happen, but I was still very excited and I really like that moment where she's watching the Russians work together and she's like determinedly working by herself. But then I like that her crew came through for her um, at the end when they were like, if he does this and this and this and like, and they came up with all these strategies for her. that was fantastic. That made me feel good. Well, also that her, ch- that her childhood friend that she hadn't seen in years yes. is, the, is the one who helped finance her trip. Right. I thought all of that was all of that came together really, really well. Um, and then they they showed her still struggling with her addiction, and and I like the fact that she could still see the pieces move without the drugs. That she managed to still do it, and she saw that she was able to do it without the use of drugs or whatever. All of that was all of that was great. 
that was just yeah okay somebody else speak i i love when when she, she becomes this folk here in russia Yes. As the tournament goes on, she goes out, and the crowd grows and grows and grows. And then finally, I thought the final scene of the series was was brilliant, where she just goes to the park where all the people were playing chess and just joins a dude. That was just... Oh, also, just for a wardrobe funny. standpoint, um, the, the, the Carrie Washington, who played Miss Olivia Pope, who was known for having the best clothes on television, she was on Twitter talking about uh, the, her clothes during that tournament. She was like, I want that coat. She's like, did you see that coat? That coat was amazing. And I want that. I was like, yeah, her clothes were awesome. And the fact that Olivia Pope wants your clothes, that's how you know you're dressing well. <laughs> no, it was it was a great series, and they did stick the landing. I, I you know, agree with you that it was predictable. But like Tom said, it's it's a sports story you know that you know you're going to win the big game in the end and so you you know you're heading toward that but it's how they go about doing it yeah that is important and bringing back her friend and and having them be able to bond with each other and her finding someone who i think she really can genuinely trust because i think there's a level of trust between the two of him them that she just doesn't feel with anybody else no matter how close some of her her, her oh, other oh other i forgot the, 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 she, guys want to get in her pants well that's yeah. true too but Sorry, i forgot though. to mention a uh, shribal guy she found like that wall of, oh, of articles yes. which let her really know that he was like really her dad figure like he was yeah. so proud of her that, and the thing is, I was expecting that to happen. As soon as she said, yes, I'm going to go inside after all, I, I I just was waiting for the moment, oh, there's an altar in there. I know there's an altar. I didn't even think, it, it didn't even occur to me. And so I was just so happy. Oh, I, I knew because he was, you know, you know, really got to me is that she, one of the things she said when she went in is, I still owe him $10. <laughs> after all that, you never paid him back the money. Really? Um, but when she went in and, and she found all those pictures and you realize, cause he was so gruff and so standoffish and, you know, just, you never even smile at her, but you, deep inside, there was this intense pride in yeah. absolutely everything that she did. And I think that that really motivated her, um, so much and meant and, so and much. He had a love for her that he could not express in words, but he did in actions. Right. Meanwhile, her adoptive father slash piece of scum. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. What a I, worm. Wow. Yeah, that wow. guy sucked. But, uh, yeah, I really, that all of that in the finale, all the emotions came together, and it was really heartwarming. So, She's an me. interesting actor, too, because she's attractive, but she's not, you know, She's not drop dead gorgeous, but she has an intelligence to her, right. and so she's fascinating to watch. Yeah, she's got you a very unique face. Yeah, too. and you you can see her thinking, like when she's plotting. Because every time, like she'll look at the board, blah blah blah, and then she'll look up at the guy across from her, and she's always she, I always can feel like she's either thinking, "Holy crap, I'm screwed, and he's defeated me," or she's like, "Does he realize what mistake he's just made, and I'm about to win?" Or she's like, "Oh." Was that a trap? Is he trying to set me up for a trap? Like I could, you could almost like hear her thoughts. So she's yeah, she's doing a, she's doing a great job. She's doing a great job with that. So, yeah, like I said, thumbs up for me. Uh, I would highly recommend this series if you have not watched it yet. Uh, Absolutely, it's, it's short. It's to the point. It's heartwarming at the end. 
And uh, yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it. All right. Any final thoughts? Okay. All right. So that's all we have for this week. If you guys have any questions or comments, leave them on TV Campfire, gmail.com, follow us on Twitter, or on Facebook, listen to us on GetThePointRadio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.